Welcome to Canuck of the Dead. Uh, this episode I've been waiting to do for a few few years, even though Canuck of the Dead wasn't around. But uh, these people have been working on this film for quite some time. Uh, it is my pleasure to introduce Andrew and Brigitte. Guys, how are you? Good. Very well. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Oh, my pleasure. I know this was a passion project for you guys for quite some time, hasn't it been? Yeah, it started uh, 2018, I think. Yeah, 2018, we yeah. came up with the idea and, uh, um, you know, working in low budget uh, indie horror world, uh, I always, when you don't have a lot of money, um, you can't always do it quickly, right? So you spread it out and you shoot as you can. And um, how long did we shoot? Oh my gosh, we shot till 2020. <laughs> so we started yeah. shooting, I think we started rolling in 2019. Yeah. Um, and then we shot until mid 2020. And it took Correct. me about a year to build the set. Yeah. And because we were also um, able to um, like change up some of the sets. So what we would do is we built the entire set with the pool uh, area and all the, the hallways. And then as we finished that, we would break that down and, and transform it into something else. Right. So um, you just, you know, part of uh, the tricks of the trade of, of making that happen. So. Yeah. And then when we finally finished it, uh, we couldn't release it for a while because we were in the middle of the pandemic. So yeah, so, <laughs> so it, it was a long time coming for yeah, sure. Yeah. So yeah. this was like a, a full blown studio style movie where you literally did everything inside, just changed the yeah. the background. Yeah, we ended up renting a studio up north in uh, in North Bay. Um, and it was great because there's a lot of space, and Andrew was very specific about what he wanted to build. Um, so he just came up with a plan, and uh, you know he spend weeks up there i'd come up well, you you come and... up with your idea of how you want to build it but then you also you 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 know hit your head up against the wall with the budget right so you, then you have <laughs> to kind of re-find out how to build things so i mean just um you know the cave walls were you know made of like the styrofoam right like the you know so but spray foam was very expensive and you know to spray foam the entire thing it, it just was completely out of our budget but uh, we were up north and a good uh, buddy of mine, Kelly Brennan, who helped me, who was like my right hand man through the entire shoot with the building of, of the sets. Like um, we were able to uh, get some um, styrofoam sheets from a, uh, um, a grocery store, the ceiling of a grocery store that needs to um, be uh, you know insulated. But these sheets weren't thin. These sheets were four feet by eight feet by four feet blocks of styrofoam. So we were able to get 25 of these for 300 bucks. <laughs> so we have, we, you know, the, the styrofoam issue is now solved, but now we have to find out a way of carving those into thinner sheets. So Kelly actually came up with a way of, cause I was using the hot wire knife. I, I posted videos and on the, the Blu-ray of the movie, you can actually see me, uh, what I did, but we, we built a, an extra large hot wire knife that, um, would basically, uh, a wire would heat up. That's four feet long and gravity would pull it down. And we would just, while I was working on the main, you know, sacrificial chamber, I call it set. Um, we would just set up and we would just carve these into more pliable sheets that we could then put on the walls and then carve again. So, we kind of, you know, um, came up with a lot of different ways of, of making, uh, you know, making it work. Necessity is the mother of invention right there. That's <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, so many times Kelly would be like, uh, you know, 
Andrew, I've never, uh, I've never done this before. I'm like, well, <laughs> we have to, so <laughs> better figure it out. Welcome to your so, first time. Yeah, exactly. Right. So, well, really quick, let's get everybody up to speed. Here is the trailer for uh, Rock Pussy. What's it gonna take? Get a little more than a dance. I just have one question. Would you care to comment about the allegations of drug use that has plagued your time in office? The hell is this? You did good, Hunter. Hell, maybe we could finally clean up this city. You know, you can be a real reporter without the dancing. Go. <laughs> have a good evening. I need to get down to where they're holding the experimental mining test. Hey there. Turn it off now. I tried to warn you, but you wouldn't listen. That. Your name's not in the country because my parents were a bunch of hippies. We should find a way out of here. Agreed. These eggs? Yeah, they're eggs. Oh, we are all gonna die horrible, horrible deaths. Did you make it? You're always so gung-ho. I follow my gut. Always. Trust me. This is what I do. I chase. Make me understand why I should just let you run off to your death. Because I want to feel that spark of magic, of possibility, of monsters and adventure. I'm scared. Exactly. that trailer says it all it really does yeah it's finally here too it's yeah. coming soon it's here so. yeah that the opening scene i think is what did it for me because you have the dance club you know and brigitte you don't know it's undercover at the point but she comes in for the dance and then boom pulls out the microphone you know and the cameraman suddenly appears out of nowhere and it's like that sets the tone for the whole film was, was that <laughs> intentional Oh, absolutely. Like I wanted to have that campy feel like that. It's almost like it is that 80s kind of, you know, feel of having a good time, you know, not taking yourself too seriously because that's that's the generation that we grew up in. Right. So that's kind of, you know, um, what we know. And I think when we set up the movie, the one thing we wanted to do is we wanted to have fun together. So it's a group of friends, you know, doing what we love and just showing up every day to, you know, to just laugh and have a great time. Yeah. So. Well, that's the thing about passion projects. And I, I know this was one for you guys because we yeah. talked about it a lot. You know, yeah. you would do your seasonal movies and then said, this helps me pay for my fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And when you can get that like-minded group together, it is like the best of times. You can't replicate it anywhere else. Yeah, for sure. And a lot of time, a lot of things with this project. I mean, um, you you may have uh, gotten a, a sense of it just from watching it, but you know the the characters are all older characters. They're kind of like after uh, you know, like when you when you when you're watching a lot of movies like this, you're you're used to seeing like twenty somethings, you know, early thirties maybe, right? And then they they're still looking at life kind of like over there, like that. There's still more there. 
And I wanted this one to kind of deal with an, a little bit of more mature, not like not the materials, not mature, <laughs> but like <laughs> the characters are dealing with maybe they've, they've seen the other side. They've, you know, they've gone, you know, they've seen um, the arc, you know, to, to reference Raiders, right? Like they've, they've seen behind the curtain and that's yeah, shitty. <laughs> you know, it's it's not it's not it's not like those dreams it's just like okay well at some point like what's your life going to be what, what are you going to choose your life to be and i think that in a lot of ways this movie is kind of like you know a retrospective of that and like how do you find that magic again and a lot of what i was i was hoping to to accomplish with this movie was taking these journeys uh these characters on a journey where they are able to find you know that magic and while making that movie us in turn find the magic of like the the love of making movies like that you know the love of watching movies like that you know so you know like uh going to uh you know so much of my inspiration was uh for the movie like just the style of the movie where you know the the science fiction magazines that you go into you know when as a kid i would go into a corner store and you see these beautiful like Frank Frazetta covers on these magazines with these gorgeous women and like, uh, you know, ripped guys. And it's just like, you know, as a kid, you know, the, the, you're just try, you're coming up with these stories. You're not even reading it. You're just based on that image. Right. And uh, so I, I tried to take those influence influences that energized me as a kid and, and put that into something where it's like, yeah, I've, I've, I've been to the, the dog and pony show so to speak you know like I've, I've seen the tricks it's like well how do you how do you still find the magic when you know what the tricks are so i love it with the title too um astonishing tales of terror was that always part of it or was that added afterwards because i know speaking with you guys in in the past about the project it was always rock to pussy yeah like the, it was always rock to pussy that was always what it was going to be um and then uh well, we got some pushback. <laughs> really? I mean, might not have liked the title. I don't know. I mean, everyone was like, great title. Can't use it. Can't sell it. And uh, I was like, uh, well, um, okay, <laughs> here's the thing. Because, again, going back into my, you know, um, uh, inspiration of those magazines, mm -hmm. I had come up with this concept of it being like Astonishing Tales of Terror is like straight off of, you know, one of those, you know, magazine covers almost right so it's like having that and then rock the pussy as like you know the the neighbor um also a positive astonishing starts with the letter a which on streaming sites is higher up in terms of alphabetical order so i thought that it worked <laughs> and it also us to do sort of a brand in case this really works then we can always do, do more explore other yeah. other projects under the astonishing tales so it might not be like you know a, a sequel to rock the pussy but it could be something different but still under the astonishing tales of terror um, so brand. pulling john carpenter's original halloween idea yeah, yeah. i love it you that's know? awesome and uh, i don't know if you you know saw that like but with the we do have a comic book that we've been selling with it and it's like it's the astonishing tales of terror so i mean i made something you know we made a comic book that I felt would be on in that corner store. Do you know what I mean? Where it's like, oh, you know, young Andrew would pick that up and go, that is, that is cool. You know, so that's kind of, you know, the, the entire process, the creative process of, of, of trying to, to come up with this. 
But one of the reasons, again, why the release for the movie was so um, so long was we did get some pushback on the title. Um, so we decided to uh, we decided to stick with it, uh, stick with the title, and uh, that you know um, basically postponed the the release almost. Yeah, like, we had a we had a nice big U.S. release planned with a company that we were so excited to work with. Um, but I think because they were a little bit more mainstream, uh, the title did scare them off. And uh, they're like, hey, we want to do this. Got to change the title. And the one thing that Andrew said, he's like, this movie's about not compromising your belief, like to stand up for what you believe. And he's like, yeah. I want this title. He's like, if I if I give up this title, then I feel like I'm going against. It's literally opposite <laughs> what the movie is about. Yeah. It's like, I do I want to belong? Yes, but I'm not going to belong because you're uncomfortable about a word, right? Or a title. So, and we've gone through so many different projects through the years that we've sacrificed or given up a lot of the things that we've wanted to. And going into this project, we're like, we're, we're going to finance it ourselves. So if, you know, we will walk away from anything that doesn't feel authentic or what we want to do. And so um, it was still really hard to walk away from that deal though. <laughs> well, yeah. yeah did. <laughs> I did. <laughs> That's just how I roll. Yeah. No, she was very, she was very supportive. And um, we were lucky to have um, our Canadian distributors, Black Bond yep. distribution. They were all on board um, with whatever my decision was. They were on board to do the Canadian release of it. And um, under any name, under any name that yeah. I decided. So, um, you know, they were great for, yeah. for, for that. And uh, yeah. And the name is what the name is. So, bam. <laughs> well, it's, if, if you don't know anything about the film, I guess I could see trepidation. But when you watch this film, there is literally no other name you could give it. No. I, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> literally. like. Yeah. And then the throwback, even the poster, like I'll throw the poster up real quick. That screams 80s Drew Struzan right yeah. there. And again, another one of my inspirations like this is the stuff that we grew up with the art that inspires imagination right and that's that's kind of um you know the the fact that you picked up on those inspirations i'm like yeah those are the inspirations so yeah well and again like we talked just before the show a little bit but this just it does feel like indian goonies just kind of mashed so it's that era that you're talking about yeah and it replicates it so nice Thank you. Know, it does. It's. I got to ask, though, and I know it was answered on the DVD, so anybody going out there, buy the Blu-ray. You'll get to see this. Where did this kernel start from, like, for the, the god that is in this, the, the octopus? <laughs> sure. You can tell the story. Um, well, we were, in terms of why we decided to do uh, the movie. The movie. Yeah. So I was actually at AFM one year, and uh, I was looking, I was walking through the halls, and I was like, oh, wow. There's just so many of these creature features where you sort of jam, you know, the two different things together. And I'm so sorry, we have <laughs> desperately wants attention right now. Visitors. Uh, and uh, and yeah, so we were. I, I came back from the market, and we were just kind of talking in a car, and I was like, "Man, there's so many of these movies. Like, what's the dumbest thing we can come up with?" And Andrew starts brainstorming. I just start brain like because we were looking at some titles. Some of them were really they were really, really good. And well, they were good. I mean, they were, they were really, dumb. <laughs> really dumb, but like really good in that they were really dumb. Like, like, you know, we're like, what can we come up with that's just equally as dumb? 
And it became, it was a joke. We, it was really just like for fun. We were on a long drive and Andrew started coming up with like spider bear and all sorts of. I was like know. an eight armed bear would be terrifying. <laughs> and just think of the merchandising, right? <laughs> you get hugged by an eight armed teddy bear. I mean, like sells yeah. itself, right? Um, and then he came up with Roctopussy and, you know, we were joking about it. It was never a serious idea that we were going to do. It was just kind of killing time. And then the more we talked about it, the more we're like, you know what? This could be something fun. Like, it's been a while since we've done a, a Dark Rising type of, like, or sci-fi comedy. And I know a lot of our fan base comes from that world. So we're like, let's do something fun that's for that fan base. And and so it just sort of organically grew. And then we got attached to it. And I think, like, the thing is, is that, you know, you, you mentioned it a bit. Like, we... Um, we work in a lot of different genres like and we have right mm -hmm. um, and we do a lot of Christmas movies we do a lot of um, you know romance movies and we do you know these off the wall movies right like I don't you can't really call them horror movies really because they're not just horror like I don't think I've ever done a pure horror movie like Dark <laughs> Rising is a horror comedy but it's really telling my you know story of growing up and how to be a man that's what that movie's about right like so uh, you know, Night Cries is not really, it's like a horror romance, right? So, yeah. you know, and this movie was, again, it's just, it, you know, I saw the opportunity of, of delving into like, oh, like, where are we at in our creative careers and, you know, and, and our own output, our outlook on life and, and how do we, you know, have fun again. And is that road trip with just coming up with the name and just laughing and like, hey, let's, let's do this again. And, and, and finding that, going back and finding that audience, because to this day, we still have people who come to us in the conventions <laughs> who quote Dark Rising to us. And like, how awesome is that? You know, and Dark Rising is like, you know, a small movie that we made like with, you know, with virtually nothing. And it's yeah. just the fact that people still quote that movie. And we felt like, well, to go back to that, you can never go back. But how about something a little bit different and a little bit new, but still has the same heart. And how do you find that heart from you know the past? So, see, I don't know what not going back because this feels like Summer Vale would just drop in perfect in <laughs> this particular scenario. Now, nothing against Hunter, yeah. held her own beautifully, yeah. but, but it does scream summer, like it does. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's definitely the it's definitely it's the got feel. the vibe. For it's sure. got the vibe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, with your casting, um, I know this being a passion project, was there an actual casting call or are these people you called on saying, look, we've worked together and we know each other's passion. Let's do this. I think our goal was to get the the perfect people for the perfect roles. Um, and there's some people that uh, Andrew knew what they were capable of and wrote specifically for them, which is always super fun. And then there were some actors that we had never worked with um or that we actually did audition um you know to see what they were capable of and and it was really fun to kind of explore and find those characters yeah i mean i i wrote carrie knowing landy would play carrie i've worked with landy cannon a number of times um he always laughs and jokes uh he's like you just wrote me like, <laughs> this is my life story <laughs> As, uh, you know um so it, that character, I knew um, Landy, you know, Cannon was going to play him. I think we had an idea of Troy, uh, of Troy, yeah, uh, Troy Blundell playing the character of Declan. I knew what he was capable of. 
uh, in terms of the comedy and like just being that mm-hmm. antagonistic guy that you just want to punch in the face. I was like, <laughs> this is Troy's going to excel at this. Um, and then we had worked with Sarah in the past and Sarah is one of those actresses who are so incredibly talented. Um, and then we sort of reached out to her. We, she had never really done comedy. She had never done comedy, but, but her, her, her training as an actor is like second to none. She comes from a ballerina background. So like she's very regimented in her preparations and just a fantastic actress. And, uh, but she had never done comedy. And I was like, do you want (laughs) to give it a shot? And again, she put, I like as Annie, I think she's hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. She had amazing timing in there. She did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. She was really fun to act uh, opposite. Yeah. And I then she brought on uh, Patrick. They yeah, both because they were both Star doing Trek. Star Trek. And um, she actually um, uh, brought Patrick into the project as well. Mm-hmm. Um, Patrick Kwok Chu and his um, camp. So, it, yeah, it, it was kind of um, in terms of like the, the main cast. Um, that's that's how it, it uh, came about. So what would you say was the most challenging part of this this picture to film? Oh, I can answer that as a producer. <laughs> we were shooting up north in the middle of winter um, with. You guys do that a lot, though. That's <laughs> but it's like that's now how the it's timing like, just you know works you out. flip one car and almost die, and all of a sudden putting people on the road in the middle of the winter is is not so much fun. Um, <laughs> so I, I was a little bit anxious about that, and it was just it's everybody's schedules were so different, and um, working around Star Trek, right? That was a, that was yeah. a huge a huge thing. So we had to try to. Um, shoot on weekends and sometimes we had you know eight or nine characters on set at once we had to travel them all up from Toronto and then have them all on set um, make sure everybody you know was fed and watered and (laughs) all of those wonderful things Um, so I I felt like the big days with the entire cast and traveling everybody in winter was very stressful for me yeah (laughs) I mean and because she's stressed that by default that makes me stressed (laughs) Yeah, so uh, those were hard days for me too. Uh, it was fun though; they were the, some of the funnest days. Yeah, um, uh, I actually um, slipped a disc in my back um, on a movie that we were shooting prior to this, and so I basically shot the entire movie with a slip disc in my back. So I was wearing um, oh, like a, a, brace. A, a brace pretty much the entire time. So um, it was it was a, it was ch- like it just. Um, I was in constant pain the entire time. Um, but if I can compartmentalize that, uh, it, it was great. Like every, like every problem day for me, like, I mean, you know, the, the scene where you see Landy and he's, you know, peeing off the side of the truck, right? (laughs) That truck was two wheel drive. And when we asked the North Bay city, if we could, you know, park a, a car on the beach, they're like, yeah, no problem. Here's the permit. But they didn't necessarily tell me. And I didn't necessarily ask if I could drive a truck on the beach. <laughs> so I just drove the truck on the beach and instantly dropped, dropped all, all the way down into yeah. the beach. So we had to, so I'm like, you have problems like that on a movie, but you know, it's a beautiful, you know, sunset and we're just together and we're making a movie. So it's not that bad. It's just, yeah crap that happens you know um and a lot of that kind of stuff you just roll with it and and uh you know work through it and it's mm-hmm. still you know the at the end of the day you just have you have a movie that you look back on and very few people know of all the hardships and you know 
the quick quicksand that you've driven a truck into. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. But see, that's the beautiful part of films like this, especially, and again, we, I've been tossing around a lot, Passion Project. When you get that kind of thing going, it doesn't matter really what happens at the end. Although that's great. It's mm -hmm. that journey in there where it doesn't matter what's going on. It's fun. Yeah. 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 The goal too was always to make sure we had a lot of time to shoot. So it's like, usually we'll shoot our Christmas movies in 14 days or 15 days. And in this one, I don't even, I think we were up to 40 days. Like we just kept shooting. So some days we would shoot half a page because Andrew wanted to get like his specific shots and he wanted to turn the camera upside down. And he wanted yeah, because usually you like, you, know. <laughs> you, you want to shoot on these low budgets. You want to shoot probably like, you know, eight pages a day is generally what you kind of want to shoot. But some scenes, I mean, you would then have to travel. So, you know, the, you know, the ending with the waterfall. Well, page count, that's, you know, it's, it's only two eights. You know, <laughs> Hunter and Carrie, you know, swim up and you know, and they kiss the, you know, the end. But that that's that's a full day of shooting. Right. So, you, on, you know, on most of these projects, you just don't take that day to go up. But, you know, you do. And, you know, and and, yeah. and then it's beautiful. <laughs> so. Well, with a relaxed schedule like that, too, did you find it didn't stifle you all creatively as well? Like, right. like we actually shot entire movies in between shooting this movie. Mm -hmm. So we would shoot Rock to Pussy for, I don't know, maybe a month, and then we'd stop and we would go shoot uh, Mistletoe Magic. And then we would go and, back to and, Rock and, to Pussy. And, <laughs> and post it and, yeah. like, and finish the whole yeah. movie delivered. And then, okay, and now we go back. We've got a couple right? more months, let's keep shooting. My only anxiety is like everybody had to stay the same because we're shooting over like one day, basically. But really it's over a year. And so you're like, don't cut your hair. Don't change your look. <laughs> Don't dye your hair. Right. Um, yeah. So that was that was always a little bit of a concern. Cause... How much did continuity suck on that? I'm just, I'm just curious. It was it was it worked out all right, but it was definitely a concern. It, it, it's actually compared to some of the other projects we've done, fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, but yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was it was pretty when you're covered in dirt a lot. Like once you get to that certain stage, it's like in terms of continuity we were very um simple with blood placement dirt and blood dirt placement <laughs> you know it was very easy to replicate and we had you know the proper photos and that kind of thing so yeah. um but you know there there might be some slight variations in body size over the <laughs> course of the, the shoot so yeah excellent well uh, we're just about to take a quick break but where can people watch this Right now, um, you can uh, buy the uh, Blu-ray, the Black Fawn um, released an exclusive cover for the Blu-ray, and you can um, you can either order it from their website, Black uh, Black Fawn Distribution uh, .com, or you can uh, go to Sunrise uh, Records or Cinema One Stores in Canada, and you can also buy it um, on Amazon um in the states it's available on um, amazon prime uh and through the freebie app as well if you want to watch it with ads and uh later on this month uh brigitte will be releasing her official cover uh it's a it's a new slip case for rock pussy on her website brigittekingsley.com and it's a beautiful it's just really the the a clean artwork of it yeah. so uh you can also um visit our website um where you can pick up 
comic books, we have posters, we have all the merch, and it's all pretty freaking cool. And that comic book is so cool. It is. <laughs> it's, a nice, it's a nice tie into the movie. It is, absolutely. All right, everybody stick around. I am going to ask the forbidden question and quiz them about what is their favorite scene in a movie. So uh, we'll be right back. <laughs> 